Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. We have an opportunity. We love when missionaries come into the, uh, to the house here, uh, into Reliance. And so um, this is Karen. Karen, David, come on up. Yeah. Give her a round of applause. Let's give her a little warm welcome here. Amen. So this is, like I said, this is Karen. And uh, she is the mother of Micah over there. She's filming. You're, what a good daughter. That's awesome. And then, uh, and then, and then Chris uh, uh, is her son-in-law. So I pray for you in many different levels uh, right there. So love you, man. Um, but anyway, Karen, we just invited her. She was going to be in town visiting, uh, visiting family. And we just invited her and said, man, share your heart. Give us a couple minutes of what, what God's doing up to in Mexico where, where she's at. And so, man, I was so blessed by the first service hearing her heart, her testimony. And you could just see the passion ooze out. You, uh, you, you can't miss it. Um, and so, and then we're going to pray for her at the end. So she's going to share a couple minutes and be praying for her. And out after, she'll mention this probably, but out in the lobby afterward, um, if you want to know more about her ministry and kind of what God is up to there, um, where she's at in Mexico, come and see her, come and find her. So it's all yours, Karen. Oh, you need a mic. Gosh, I did. That's the first service too. Right here. There you go. Okay. Thank you so much for letting me come and for Chris and my, my awesome daughter for connecting me with you all. It's been wonderful. Um, my husband and I, in 1999, took our three teenagers, and um, we were sent by our church out to Mexico to be missionaries there. So that's been 19 years ago now. And uh, when we were first there, we had to learn the language. We knew nothing about the language. And over the many years, we planted rehab, and we rose up uh, a couple of churches, and spent many years working on pastoral and the leadership team for those so that we could just leave our children and let the locals take care of those churches there. So we did that for many of our years. The last couple of years, I've been um, without my husband, but the Lord has just been with me, and he's been molding me and shaping me and helping me uh, develop this home I've been wanting to open, this vision I've had for many years for, for girls and, and mamas. And the Lord just took me a little bit different from my original plan. So, you know, it's the Lord's plan is what we want, right? Not our own plan. And he just twisted it a little bit, and he brought me to the, to the realization that human trafficking across the world was um, growing incredibly so. It's a horrible tragedy. Um, and he asked me not to consider the world, but just to take care of a few little girls in Mexico. And I said yes. I said yes to that. There's, there is... Um, there's sacrifice to that. I have my family here in the U.S., but he makes it possible for, for trips like this to see them and, and um, hug on them and love them. But I have said yes to a lifetime calling to Mexico and these little girls that have been sexually exploded. Um, the, the Holy Spirit has been continuously with me through this. I feel so closer to him than I have before. And I actually was able to, through many struggles with the government, was able to open the doors uh, for this home last November. And um, so that's, yes, that's a whoo. Because <laughs> the government is not easy to work with. <laughs> but um, we are open, and, and over the several months, I've had a, a seven girls. Some of them have come and gone. I've had three girls that have been with me from the very beginning. And these, this home is actually a, a secret home. It's the only secret home that I know of in Mexico. But I was saying earlier is like, you know, well, you know, if it's secret, who, you know, who's going to know about it? But <laughs> apparently 
I am the only secret home in Mexico, and that's because we're dealing with cartel. We're dealing with people's money. So um, I am near Guadalajara, Mexico, but you will not know exactly where I am. <laughs> and I do not call the girls by their names, and I do not show their faces on the pictures. Um, there are homes in Mexico City, and there are homes in Tijuana, but they basically deal with girls that are 12 and up. And for my, my first home here, I have, I have a plan for three homes, but my first home right here is for the 12 and, and under. And these little girls are hidden in the canteens across Mexico. Um, they're very difficult to get to. Right now in Jalisco, we do not have a, a team of police or soldiers that were willing to come against the cartel and go in to get to those little girls. But that's our prayer is that we can actually get a hold of soldiers that will actually do that. But I am still happy. These girls I do have are still been sexually exploited. Um, one of my little girls, uh, she and her sister were being trained by their mother and the mother's boyfriend um, on how to, well, just basically how to um, uh, entertain men and to raise money for their family with the older girl got disgusted of that and she began to, to tell neighbors about this and they got her out of there and she and her sister went to another orphanage at the beginning and there were a hundred some kids there. And praise God for that because we need to get our kids off the street. We need to get these kids out of these abusive homes. But she was one in, in many and she was this little girl was not being not getting the attention she needed so she has scars all up and down her arms her forearms from cutting herself you know she just was hurting so badly she needed that attention and then they finally brought her and her sister to me in November and immediately she and I connected, and, and I connected with all the girls, but she and I really connected. She shared with me everything. She um, praised with me. She told me that the moment she walked in the door, she had no desire to cut herself anymore, that she felt the love that she needed, the attention that she needed. And I just really believe because Holy Spirit is telling me, it's okay that you don't have many, many children. You're working one-on-one. -on -one. These girls need to be one-on-one -on -one attention. And I do have, I can have 12 kids in this home, but right now I just have three that are permanent. Some are coming and going, but my plan is for 12. And when I have 12, I'm going to have the helpers with me so that we can directly deal with our girls. We call her Princess. She uh, is always wanting to please but she's very vulnerable, too. She's very open to the Holy Spirit. I am also working with, um, I teach in the Supernatural School of Ministries in Guadalajara, and she always wants to go with me because she just loves the counters that she has with, with Holy Spirit while she's there. Another one of our little girls, we call her Valiant. Um, she's not quite so valiant, but she will be because we're prophesying in it, into her. <laughs> and she... Um, she was taken out of her mother's home when she was three because her mother was extremely violent. She was put in with her father, and she remembers this at a very young age of three years old, beginning the, the, the sexual abuse, and he began to exploit her and sell her to uncles and relatives and such. And she um, has many struggles, but right when she came to us, like maybe two weeks after being in, in church with us, she just came to me and she said this funny thing. She's a really funny little girl. <laughs> and she says, you, know, you Christian people are, are pretty cool. I, I kind of like you guys. <laughs> so I said, you know, it's, it's the love that you feel. I said, when we are connected with Holy Spirit, when we receive his love and we give our love and it's a continuing motion through, I said, then we 
we leak love to others. And she loves that word leak. She says, you're leaking. You're leaking love, Mama Karen, <laughs> she calls me. So, And she recently had an amazing encounter with the Holy Spirit and was able to forgive her father. She didn't understand forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is not allowing them to go ahead and do whatever they do. The forgiveness is about us. And she was finally able to say, hey, I'm willing to forgive. And that was an amazing encounter with her. And I believe for many more awesome things for her and the many girls to come. I need your help. I want 12 girls. I have support for three. I'm done. <laughs> um, and I would really like more support so I can have more girls in. Every girl I take in more than three is by faith. Amen. So, yeah. so like I said, uh, she's going to be out in, in the lobby um, afterward. And so if you want to um, connect with her and, and maybe say, hey, how can we help? Um, feel free to connect with her out there. And um, I just, I'm so thankful for your passion. In the first service, I kind of got the word as she was talking about the Holy Spirit. It says in the word that he's our advocate. You're, you're the advocate for those little girls. And so you're changing the worlds of those little girls. And um, that is profound and that has eternal impact. And so um, I just, I want to invite us to stand because I, I, it's, a, it's a symbolic gesture saying we stand with you, Karen. And um, keep her in your prayers. She's in, she's in some tough places. I mean, we don't normally deal with the cartels here, you know what I'm saying? Like, but she's coming up against, yeah, money and, and what is seen power in the natural. And so we're praying for supernatural power. So if you feel comfortable, extend a hand out as a prayer of blessing. And we're just going to pray over Karen. God, we love you. We thank you for Karen. We thank you for, for sending people, whether they, they go near or far. God, we thank you for, for hearts of compassion, hearts of mercy. Um, God, I just send her to, to, to the broken places, God. Um, I'm just thinking of, of, of these four little girls right now and, and more to come and, and just the faces that they have when they see your love shine through Karen and others that surround them in prayer and in love and support them. And so, um, God, give her just a courage and even an even new depth of courage. She's a courageous woman right now. I can see that. Um, she's in a dangerous, dangerous place. And so give her just a supernatural overflowing of courage and boldness. And again, just bless her, bless her ministry, and bless the hearts of these little girls as they raise up in, in, under a woman who loves you dearly and will show them what it means to be a godly woman in Christ. So we love you, God. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. Well, a good morning again. Um, yeah, thanks, Karen. My brother Aaron, um, who normally, normally preaches, he took a short little trip to Eureka Springs, Arkansas. So be in prayer for him. He kind of needed to get away. Um, actually, the summer kind of escaped him. And then one of his spiritual mentors kind of called him out and said, you know what? You need to go take a break, buddy. You said you were going to, and you didn't, you didn't do it. And so Aaron's like, okay, yes. And so he submitted. Uh, he took off with him and Christy. And so be, be in prayer for him. Um, yeah, that God would renew his spirit. And so um, today we're, we're continu continuing on with our Galatians series. We've been in Galatians now for eight weeks. We're headed towards the home stretch. Um, and so today we're going to be in Galatians 5. In a couple weeks, I do have to forewarn you that, that Papa Wallace, my father, will be preaching in here um, on August the 19th. And so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, you'll probably get to see a lot of mannerisms where me and my brother get certain things and the quirkiness. So I apologize in advance. Um, no, he's going to be great and uh, love hearing from my father. And so uh, August 19th, that'll be, a, that'll be a joy and a treasure. Um, but let's, um, yeah, let's get into the word for this morning. Um, I'll share with the first service that what I love about the scriptures, what I love about this is that 
as we read this, and, and maybe, maybe it's your first time to, to I, don't, I don't need that, it's cool, but maybe your first time to like reading the scriptures, and, and so maybe you read a verse for the first time, or maybe you've been, you've been reading the scriptures for a long time, and so it's the hundredth time or a thousandth time. Um, what I love is that the Holy Spirit fans into, to flame these words off the page, and, um, and so I'm, I'm reminded of Hebrews 4.12 this week, which says, for the word of God is living and what? Active. It's doing something. It's, it's not just words on a, it's not just ink on a page. It is, it is God's word to us. And it is transforming hearts and lives in Guadalajara, Mexico, in Wichita, Kansas, in China, in North Korea, where they're meeting in underground churches. Like, the word of God is transforming lives. And so, um, I hope we never take that for granted. And so, as we open the scriptures today, I'm, that's, that's my prayer. Um, that is my prayer, that, that God will do with his word what he wants this morning, and not what I have plans. Um, mine are temporary. My plans last for a little while, but his, his plans last forever, right? And, and so um, I want to pray into that, and then we're actually going to dive into Galatians 5. God, prepare our minds, prepare our hearts, um, that your word would be planted on fertile soil, and it would bear a crop, it would bear fruit that is 10, 20, 40, 100 times fold. Um, God, just blow our expectations even away. Um, so I'm praying for multiple hearts. I'm praying for your word to do what only your word can do. And, uh, and we love you in advance for what you're going to do. Uh, we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 5. Before we get into the main scripture, which is 16 through 25, I want to briefly touch on Galatians 5 verse 1. Uh, because this verse, uh, which is... Oh, there we go. Um, is awesome, and it has huge significance and weight in our Christian walk. And this is kind of a summation of the whole of Galatians, like the book of Galatians. And so I'm going to read this, and uh, then we're going to talk about it for a moment, and then we'll get to 16 through 25 because it, it tags with that. And so it says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I will admit that for a number of years, I read that first part and I thought, that is strange. Like, that is a strange grammatical sentence. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Doesn't that seem kind of obvious, right? But then I, I believe, um, I was listening to a message recently, and a, a pastor was talking about this portion of Scripture, and I believe the Holy Spirit, he just, he, he ministered to me, and he encouraged me, and gave me kind of some new insight. Because here's the deal. As believers, as Christians, we believe that Christ, through his death and resurrection, has set us free from death. We believe that through his death and resurrection, he set us free from sin, from the grave, from depression, from anxiety, from, and the list goes on. And all that's true, absolutely, every word of it, and I'm so thankful for it. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us from those things. But I think there's a missing element here, and I'm not adding to Scripture I'm just highlighting what I think the Holy Spirit highlighted to me. You see, we're not just saved from those things. We are saved to something. Think about that for a minute. We're not just saved from something. We are saved to something. Let me explain. So, uh, over the years, I've dealt with my battles with anxiety. Anybody else? Anybody else want to confess? Because when we confess, we expose it to the light. Satan has no more hold over it, right? Amen? 
And so um, I'll just confess, I've struggled with anxious thoughts. They've come in different seasons, sometimes a little bit more um, overwhelming, sometimes you know, a little more subtle. I remember in college, um, I dealt with a lot of value issues in, in thinking that I had to be good enough, and so I worked really hard to be good enough. And I remember I would take tests, and I would think, oh, I missed that one, and I would go home, and I would fret, and I would think, man, I'm a failure. I'm going to get a C. Now, for some of you out there, a C might be what you're aiming for. <laughs> For me in college, I, I, was, I was aiming high only because I was putting a weight on myself that, that shouldn't have been there. Anyway, but I struggled with anxiety and I, I, in, in other areas of my life. As a father, I've, I've had anxious thoughts of like, what if a child, what if something happened to my child? What if this happened? What if this happened? And I play out these what-if scenarios, like circular what-ifs. I mean, so many times. It's anxiety upon anxiety. And so um, I struggle with that. But I do believe that over the, the past few years, the Lord has really set me free from anxiety. Now, it's, it's not to say that it doesn't try to you know, pop its ugly head back up occasionally, but I've been able to cling to the truth of God's Word, to His promises, and I speak His truth over those lies. I speak His truth over those anxious thoughts. Are you with me? And so I, f- I felt freedom in that. But here's the kicker. Oh, I love this. This is so good. The most rewarding part is not that I've been saved from anxiety, but I have been saved to peace. You with me? Like, I get to know peace on an intimate level. So I no longer play hide-and-seek from anxiety, like, oh, please don't find me, please don't find me. It will find me. It will. But what I do is I cling to the peace that surpasses understanding. So I no longer have to hide in fear that anxiety is going to get me, like the boogeyman. Jesus Christ, I press into the two because it gives me purpose, it gives me power, because the two has a name. His name is Jesus. Are you with me? And what I love is it's the same thing for like depression. We are not just saved from depression. We are saved to joy. And so if you struggle with depression, hear me on this. You do not have to barely just stay above the waters of depression. You don't just barely have to, I can't barely breathe, but I'm making it. The God of the universe wants to tell you in this moment that you can dive headfirst into the rivers of joy. Amen? You're not just saved from depression. You're saved to joy. And joy has a name. You're not just saved from anxiety. Again, you're saved to peace. You're not just saved from feeling unworthy. You're saved to your value in Christ. This is huge. You're not just saved from death. You're saved to the fullness of life. John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and what? Life to the full. Brothers and sisters, if we're scraping by as Christians, then we are missing it. And it's not some mark we're missing. We're missing out on the fullness that God says, it's already yours. It's big. It's huge. So don't just, don't just run from the from. Because if, if I were just to run from anxiety, most likely I know myself well enough that I would aimlessly run to something to try to soothe it. Oh, a substance, alcohol, maybe that'll soothe it. Maybe a relationship will soothe it. Maybe that'll make me feel better. The two gives me direction. The two gives me power and purpose. The two has a name. His name is Jesus. It's huge. It's huge. So he gives us this encouragement, and then he follows it up with a warning. He says this in the the second part of that verse. He says, stand firm. Say that with me. Stand firm. Now say it with firmness. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Does anybody in here need to be reminded that as human beings, we have a tendency to get sidetracked? We have a tendency to get stuck, to get a little sideways on things, right? 
I know I'm not the only guilty one of, of, of getting sidetracked in my Christian walk more times than I'd like to admit, but Paul urges us. He says, stand firm. Stand firm, therefore. How do we stand firm in the freedom that we've been set to? Like, how do we, 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 we honestly, how do we make sure that we're not continually sidetracked and like finding ourselves back in the same old spiritual ruts? Anybody with me? Like, you're like, man, I was here, and then I'm, I'm here again. Dang it. I've been here a hundred times. What the heck? You know what I'm saying? It's being honest. And I, I felt that the Lord kind of, uh, kind of gave me this this week when I was thinking about that concept. How do we, how do we really stay in freedom? And, and, and this is it. By not only preaching the gospel to others, but preaching it to ourselves. Preach it to ourselves again and again, and again, and again, over and over, over and over. I keep coming back to the same gospel message because I know it has the power to to break chains. I know it has the power to live life to the full, to set my brothers and sisters in Christ free, to set family members free, right? I keep coming back to the same gospel message because we never graduate the gospel message. If you're waiting on a diploma in this life from the gospel, you're not going to get it. (laughs) Sorry. Here's the thing. There are going to be days when you don't feel like living the gospel message. I don't have to tell you that. You probably know that, right? Like, I don't really feel like living the gospel message when I just wouldn't want to lay into uh, my brother or sister, physically speaking, my brother or sister, or a loved one, or a friend, or a relationship, or I want to cuss out my coworker or my boss, or I want to give the middle finger salute to the person who just cut me off, or the person who's rude and irritated at Walmart, I want to be rude back. Right? Like there are going to be days when we don't feel like living the gospel message. So here's the thing. You keep coming back to the same gospel. In those days, you come back to Matthew chapter 5, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and you preach the Beatitudes to yourself, just as he taught it to those around him in that day. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know what I'm saying? Like, we keep going back to the gospel because it never fades, it never dims, it never fails. The gospel has a name, Jesus Christ. Preach it to yourself. There's a song I love singing in here. It's called Get Your Hopes Up. One of my favorite songs. And the whole song's great, but I love the bridge. And, and I wanted to get this right, so I'm, I'm going to read this. The bridge says, Christ before me, Christ behind me, I am firmly held. In his mercy, never ending, I'll remind myself. Sometimes you're going to a little spiritual pep talk, you know what I'm saying? And it's not something you can do, it's something you go to. Someone you go to. So you go back to the gospel again and again and again. That gospel still preaches. That gospel still changes lives. Stand firm, therefore. Amen? Amen. Well, now we can move on. <laughs> A few minutes here. So um, verses 16 through 25, if you, if you turn there with me, they'll also be on the screen. This is what it says. It says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. I want to talk about a present reality in those who 
those who claim their identity in Christ, those who have, have accepted Christ Jesus uh, as their Lord and Savior. So believers, check this out. This is the present reality. There is a war, there is a tension, there is a battle going on inside of us. There is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit on one side, and then there is our flesh nature on the other side, our old nature. And they could not be more polar opposite because the Spirit of God, He pushes us towards the things of God, right? He leads us into all truth, the things of God the Father. And then our flesh says what? I desire self-gratification. It's mine. Give it to me. We consume, we use, and we move on, right? Those are the two natures warring within us. And here's the thing. I'm going to be completely honest. Until we reach glory with Jesus Christ, whether we die or whether we fly to Him in glory, there's going to be that tension within us as believers here on earth. Now, I'm not afraid of that tension. I'm not, I'm not anxious about it. And actually, when, when I feel the presence of that tension, that's when I press even more into the Spirit. You know what I'm saying? That's when I press in. I press in. I would actually feel more worried for, for you and myself if we don't feel attention. Maybe that's our first place to start this morning. Am I feeling that tension? Because here's the thing. When we said yes to Jesus, we were saved, eternally speaking. But as Paul says, we are being saved. He says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Ryan Wallace is still being saved from himself. You know what I'm saying? Eternally, my destination is already sealed. And I have the Holy Spirit working inside of me. Yet, Ryan Wallace still uh, wars with what Ryan Wallace wants. So God is molding me. He's pressing me. Sometimes it hurts a little. Sometimes it's a little tight. But that's God working out my nature into more of what his son Jesus Christ looks like. So the tension is actually natural. I want to explore this for a minute. Romans 12, 2. Love this verse. It says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world. It goes on to say, But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Look at this word. Do not conform any longer to what? Patterns of this world. Did you know there's patterns in this world? Like, here's... Here's the thing. There are patterns in this world that are the natural order of this sin-fractured and broken world. They became natural when Adam and Eve looked at that fruit, heard the serpent talking to them and saying, did God really say you can't have that? It looked gratifying to the eye and to the soul. They ate, sin entered the world, and it broke God's intended purpose and plan for what he had planned for the world, which was to walk in the fullness with Adam and Eve and those who would also be with him. Sin entered. It's fractured. So these patterns are now natural in our fleshly desires. Again, I probably don't have to tell you that. You probably sense some of those trying to rear their head up occasionally. And these patterns and fleshly desires, they manifest themselves in in, uh, pretty clear ways. And Paul even states this. If you go to verse 19, Paul says this. The acts of the flesh, the manifestations of the flesh are pretty obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's a pretty powerful statement. And here's here's the good news, though. Though these patterns are the natural order of this world... I'm thankful that they're not natural to the kingdom of God. 
And I'm thankful that as a believer, I do not live the natural in Christ. You understand me? You understand where I'm going with this? That's why in Galatians 2.20, Paul stated it earlier several chapters before, and he said this, and I love this verse. If you, if you have a key verse that you can memorize, this is, this is one I would highly encourage. It says this, I have been what? Crucified. So when somebody's crucified or when something's crucified, it's dead, it's gone. I have been crucified with Christ. I went down and I'm raised up to new life. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by what? By faith in the Son of God who loved me. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and gave himself for me. Here's the deal. You and I, you and I need to press into the Spirit in such a way that the realities and the rule of the kingdom of God becomes more real than even the natural realm around us. That's why in Galatians 2.20, he says, the life I now live in the body, I know it's the natural, I now live by what? Faith. He says it again in 2 Corinthians, he says, for we live by what? Faith and not by sight. So we need to become, the realities of the kingdom of God need to be more real than even the realities of this world around us, the natural. Because here's the thing, this world will one day burn up. It's temporary. But there is an eternal rule of the kingdom of God. And that's not to say we lock ourselves in, in some closet and say, well, God, I'm just waiting for eternity. No, he started eternity. He sealed eternity in our hearts when we said yes to him. So we still have a role, a mission, a purpose, a passion here on this side of eternity. You, know, you, you hear what I'm saying? And so I ask this question with that in mind. Which reality do you put more stock in? The temporary or the eternal kingdom of God. Which reality and principles, the principles and the patterns of this world, or the principles of the, king, uh, the kingdom of God, which one actually gets our desires, our affections? Which one gets our energy, our time, our attention? That's a heart question. I can't answer that for you. That's something you go to the Lord with. Which one gets our attention? And so this is what Paul says. He says, so I walk by the Spirit... And he says, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This, this caught me this week. The flesh and the spirit both offer the exact same thing. Do you know what that is? Freedom, right? The flesh says, oh, do whatever you want, and you'll be the most free that you've ever been. The spirit says, follow me, and I'll give you freedom that you never thought existed. But here's the thing. Only one of those can deliver. And I love what Pastor uh, Matt Chandler said. He said this. He was referring to this verse. He says, one of these is a mirage. And if you chase it, you'll try drinking sand in order to quench your thirst. Anybody want to drink sand? We, we could feel like every Sunday for the next year with testimonies of how true that statement is. Which one is absolutely the place of freedom? I know I've run to the mirage. <laughs> and I've tried to drink in that sand. And it, it's not so fun, right? you still quench. Like, you, you still thirst for more. It's not quenched. So how do we walk by the Spirit and in, not turn, in a turn not gratify those stinking fleshly desires? Well, there are probably several answers and, and probably several scriptures that we could go to, but I want to I offer this up in kind of a story, and, and hopefully this will kind of, um, yeah, man, prick our, our minds and our hearts a little. And so it's a story of a grandfather, and, and uh, he was teaching his grandson about life. 
And, and the grandfather said, a fight is going on inside of me, son. It's a terrible fight, and it's between two wolves. One is evil. For our purposes this morning, we'll call that the flesh. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, and ego. He continued. The other is good. And again, for the purposes of this morning, we'll call him the spirit. He is joy. He is peace, love, hope, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside of you, son. The grandson thought about it for a minute, and then he asked his grandfather, well, grandfather, which, which wolf will win? His grandfather simply replied, the one you feed. Which one are you feeding this morning? And here's the thing, you, you don't have to look that far. Because the, the one that gets fed is the one that's going to manifest itself in pretty clear and obvious ways, as Paul talked about in verses 19 through 21. But on the flip side, if you're, if you're feeding into the Spirit of God and walking by the Spirit, there will be clear fruit of that walk. It says this in, in Galatians 5, through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Say it with me. Joy. Peace. Forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit, which one are you feeding? I was thinking about this this week, and of course, you know, whenever you see fruit of the Spirit, you're kind of drawn. There's, there's some kids' songs that we have, and of course, they have little videos, and an apple will pop up, and then, a, I don't know, an orange or whatever, and a banana, and right? And so I kind of was drawn to that. Yeah, I have those moments, um, sitting at my desk and, you know, getting lost a little. But, but I was thinking about fruit, and here's the thing. An apple tree doesn't have to be in an apple orchard to convince me that it's an apple tree. I, I know it's an apple tree because I see apples. I see fruit. I see its fruit. And likewise, a Christian doesn't have to convince me they're a Christ follower because they come to church, and maybe they throw in a prayer meeting for good measure. Like, I, I can see a Christ follower because the fruit trails them. That fruit of the Spirit, like, it trails them. It interacts with relationships. You see the fruit of the Spirit pop up in that relationship. You see the fruit of the Spirit pop up in that workplace. You see the fruit of the Spirit pop up in that home, and you're like, yeah, I see the fruit. Man, it's so good, it's so sweet, it's so eternal. So he says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And so how do we do this? Walking by the Spirit is not some magic pill. Like at the end of the service, I'm not going to stand out back and offer you a blue one or a red one. Take one, you walk by the Spirit. Take the other, you walk by the flesh, right? It's not some matrix scene. Um, it's, it's not some magic pill. How, how do you walk naturally? Right? You put one foot, and you put the other, and then you put the other, and, and you begin to walk forward, right? And as you grow, as you mature, you begin to get more stamina and perseverance and endurance and, and fortitude. And, and so I, I think our, our walking in the Spirit or by the Spirit is a similar rhythm. You don't move ten whole steps in one step. It's a step-by-step -step surrendering to the Spirit in every moment of every day. Now, you might think, Ryan, that seems really simple. Like, are you oversimplifying something here? Don't we need to hyper-spiritualize it or, or overanalyze it and get some Greek language and some words that we need to look up in a concordance? And I say no. 
because, because it's the gospel message and we never graduate from it. Here's the thing, like, when I met my wife for the very first time, she was this crazy-looking red-headed gal, and I loved her. I didn't know I loved her at the time, but I, I really had some affections toward her. But when I met her for the first time, I didn't know her, the deepest parts of her heart. The 10th date, I didn't know the deepest parts of her heart. I've been married 15 years now, and I sure do know a whole lot more now than I did in the first year of marriage or the 10th year, but in fact, today, I'm still learning. And man, if you say you're not, then, then you need to do some soul checking, some heart checking. You're still learning about your wife. You need to pursue her. You know what I'm saying? Find out what makes her tick. I'm still finding out what makes this fiery redhead tick. You know what I'm saying? And I love her to death. But there's still things I'm like, oh man, I'm getting to know you even more. I like this. The same is true of the Spirit. You know how we, we walk by the Spirit? In relationship with the Spirit. That's why we make such a big deal out of relationship. Because it is simply true. And here's the thing. I guarantee that if you've never really spent time with the Holy Spirit and you really genuinely want to get to know Him, that first play date is going to be a little awkward. It's going to be, right? Oh, you, you first, me first? I, I don't know how to do this. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's okay. But I, I guarantee that if you go into that encounter, to that play date with a genuine heart, that you will be wooed back into that second encounter. You will be wooed back to that third encounter, that fourth encounter, that fifth encounter, until one day you realize, wow, the Holy Spirit is actually my friend. Like, I actually know his voice. From across the room, I recognize my wife's voice. I know the Holy Spirit's voice. And it feels so good, and you, you will never have experienced so much freedom and joy in that moment. As we begin to wrap up this morning, I want to I put this in a couple just practical ways. I was thinking about this this week, and I was like, okay, Ryan, so, so how, how do you walk in the Spirit? Let me give us a couple practical examples. Today, after you leave here in a couple minutes, I promise it'll be a couple minutes, after you leave here in a couple minutes, and you walk out there, you're walking to the car, you say, okay, Holy Spirit, man, what is it that you would want to download to me today? What is it that you want me to grab on and chew on this afternoon? And then, this, and, then, and then when you're headed to that restaurant and you get there and maybe you're with your family and friends and you're at Chipotle or wherever you go and like to eat, you take a minute, you pause and you say, okay, okay, HS. We'll call him HS. That's cool. He don't care. Okay, Holy Spirit. I'm with my family and friends and I know there's some hurt out there. I know there's some hurt amongst them. Man, is there, is there a word that I can speak to one of them that would encourage them in this moment? And, and then you listen. And maybe he'll give you something, and maybe, maybe he doesn't, and that's okay. And then on the drive home, maybe you have a couple minutes of silence. I have four kids, so that I've got to squeeze it in where I can. But you have a minute or two, and so you just say, you know what, Holy Spirit? Man, I want to pray over my kids. Holy Spirit, I pray that Keenan, I, I pray that he would be bold as he, as he goes to middle school, that he would be who you've called him to be at middle school. And Jesus, I, I pray for my son Micah. I pray that Micah, man, that he would just... He would learn what it means to be a disciple of Christ, not, not in some religious way, but in some just, I love you, Jesus. You're worthy of it all. And then I pray for my, my, my daughter, Lila. I pray, I pray that Lila, Holy Spirit, would just, man, be just wrecked by your love, that she would just overwhelmingly feel your love. And then I pray for my son, Riker. Man, he's just such a pure of heart. I pray that you keep him that way, Jesus. And you just give it to Jesus. You just give it to the Holy Spirit. You surrender it, and then you listen. Holy Spirit, are you saying something? Cool, okay. 
It's, it's not some secret sauce. It's simply walking with the Spirit in relationship with the Spirit. And so we're going to wrap up this, uh, this morning. And as we do, I, I just pray that most importantly, that as you, as you look at Galatians chapter 5, as you look at, at Jesus Christ, you say, man, you are worth everything. You are the pearl of greatest value. Like in the fruit of the Spirit, man, when you look at those, joy, peace, love, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, you're like, I want that so bad, Jesus. And when you look at verses 19 through 21, you, will, you just can't stomach it. The acts of the flesh, and you almost like vomit in your mouth a little. Ah, I don't want that. Because I promise you, if you spend time in the Spirit, walking with the Spirit, in relationship with the Spirit, you will not have the time nor the appetite to, to desire the acts of the flesh. You know what I'm saying? You won't stomach it because the relationship with the Holy Spirit is so much better. Stand firm, therefore. Walk by the Spirit. Do not give the flesh what it so longs. Don't feed it. So this morning, I'm going I'm to wrap up in prayer. And I want to invite you, man, if you need to respond in some way, I think that the Holy Spirit that he would want us all to respond in some way. That's not forced. I'm not forcing you to respond in a way that I think you should. I'm just simply saying, lean into the Holy Spirit and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you, what do you got? What do you got? I promise you, if, if you listen and you keep coming back again and again and again and again, then you'll know his voice. So whatever that response is, maybe you want to come to the altar. I'd love to pray with you. Maybe you need to expose that fleshly desire stuff, that junk, expose it to the light. And so Satan can't have a hold of it in the secret and dark places. I'd love to pray with you. Whatever the case, man, take it up with the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. Let's pray. God, we love you. We can't get enough of you. Holy Spirit, I am so, so thankful that when we walk with you, you guide us into all truth. You guide us to the one who is truth, Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm praying for every person in this room yeah literally every person God a Holy Spirit you'd woo them deeper and deeper and deeper into a passionate love relationship with you I don't want none of that junk of religion I want Jesus Christ I want a personal intimate relationship with the God of the universe through his son Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit working in my life that's what I crave that's what I desire among, among everything else God let that be true of our hearts of our minds everything God we love you we can't get enough of you we ah so good Jesus to be in your presence thank you Holy Spirit for for meeting us so we pray these things in your name and we respond accordingly Jesus pray these things in your name amen thanks for listening today if you want to find out how to get involved go to reliancecommunity.org